hello and welcome to another Collier Bristow podcast. Uh, my name is Patrick Kilgallen and I'm an associate in the employment team. Uh, today, I'm just going to be discussing a few topics uh, in relation to the COVID-19 vaccine. So al already, we can all see that vaccines have had quite a significant effect on how the UK is being able to deal with the pandemic. It's drastically lowered the death rate of those who are, who are double jabbed and has seemingly uh, got us on our way back to uh, normality again. However, ultimately, it is it is down to everyone's individual choice as to whether they get vaccinated or not. Now, the government are strongly encouraging the vaccine, but they're ultimately stopping short of enforcement in the wider population, with one important caveat in relation to that being care home workers, which I'll touch on later briefly. It's become quite a popular issue at the moment with with the, some of the dancers in Strictly Come Dancing refusing to be vaccinated and even some of the England players also refusing to be vaccinated. So we thought now would be a good time to address some of the main concerns that employers can have if they want to impose a mandatory vaccination policy on their workforce. Now, because the, vac the, um, because the pandemic was um, so disruptive for us all, and particularly for employers, it's quite natural that employers are now seeking to minimise the risk of that happening again and finding the best routes to, to, to lower any risk of uh, business disruption. In short, ACAS's view is that employers can't require employees to take the vaccine and that employers should listen to the concerns of their employees if they don't want to take it. Now, further, further on that is that, that mandatory vaccinations, they, they're not yet tested under UK law. So while this doesn't strictly you know, prevent an employer from implementing a policy, it does mean that caution should be exercised before doing so. And even more difficult than this is that there's, there's no hard and fast rule yet that we can deploy to analyse whether your business will be able to enforce a mandatory vaccination policy. It's good, it would require a fact-sensitive analysis in the sector, the workforce, the type of work that's done. And after analysing all of that, we can then analyse the legal risk in mandating the vaccines. But it's, it's likely that most employers are never going to be able to fully mitigate that risk. So there, there are broadly two main employment law risks if an employer does choose to mandate the vaccine. Firstly, there is the risk of unfair dismissal if the employee who has over two years continuous service refuses an employer's instruction to get the vaccine, and then the employer consequently dismisses the employee. Now, it would be up to the employment tribunal to actually decide the reasonableness of the employer's decision, decision to dismiss. With a variety of alternative measures that can be implemented for individuals who refuse the vaccine, such as uh, regular lateral flow testing, masks, working from home, or even evidence of uh, a recent COVID-19 infection, it'd be quite unlikely that um, the employment tribunal would consider a dismissal under these circumstances as reasonable. But as mentioned before, that, that would have to be judged on a case-by-case -case basis. Now, I mentioned earlier in the introduction about care homes. Now, from the, 90, uh, from the 11th of November, sorry, staff working in care homes will need to provide proof of a COVID-19 vaccination or a medical exemption, or they do face the risk of dismissal. As we edge closer towards that 11th of November deadline, some unions are getting quite worried at the moment that there could be catastrophic shortages unless the government scraps its vaccination deadline. They estimate that around 70,000 of these workers will not be um, fully vaccinated by the deadline currently in place. 
it seems that that, that deadline's not going to be pushed back any further because um, over the weekend, the first weekend in October, uh, Sajid Javid has, has come out and said that th- this deadline is not going to be extended and that care workers, if they don't want to get vaccinated, they should um, go out and get another job. So it seems that, that that's going to be quite an inflexible deadline now that will stay. So em- employers in this uh, sector, the, there's, the government has released operational guidance and it advises that employers should give um, staff that cannot comply with the requirement. It should give them a reasonable opportunity to get vaccinated or the reasonable opportunity to obtain evidence of an exemption before the employer decides to take formal action. Now, when it allows that that, that time period, the employer should set out um, timescales and any steps that will be taken if the employee does not comply. For example, if they don't comply, disciplinary action will be taken and that could lead to dismissal. If a care home worker cannot then provide proof of vaccination or proof of an exemption, the employer should consider consider alternative options, such as um, uh, redeploying uh, them outside of the care home, still within the business, to support the employee. Now, the guidance it sort of clears up any uncertainty and states that it, that these new regulations about care home staff and vaccinations that they do provide a fair reason for dismissal if an employer wants to dismiss a care home staff uh, who have not been vaccinated however that's the important caveat that that might not be applicable if they can be redeployed within the business outside of the care home now that that high risk nature of working care homes i.e interacting with those who are the most vulnerable in society, that's quite a useful litmus test to determine uh, whether mandatory vaccination should be considered in sectors outside of care homes. You know, if, if your employees are working with individuals who are at high risk in similar situations as care homes, you know, in a, maybe a confined, trapped atmosphere for lengthy periods of time, the employer would definitely be able to mount a strong argument that a mandatory vaccination policy was, was necessary and fair. But it does remain to be seen if the if the employment tribunal would deem a dismissal for vaccine refusal as fair. So, uh, as with everything in this topic at the moment, I think caution is is paramount. So, the second uh, main notable risk is of discrimination, particularly disability discrimination, discrimination and belief discrimination. So, if an employee qualifies as disabled under the Equality Act, they are protected from less favourable treatment from their employer. Disability is. is sort of defining the Equality Act as a physical or mental impairment that has a substantial and long-term impact, long-term adverse effects, sorry, on an employee's ability to carry out normal day-to-day activities. Currently, the government advice is standing that only those with serious allergic reactions to any of the vaccine's ingredients, that they should avoid the vaccine. However, some people with disabilities, they might have their own specialist teams, so they, they should consult with their teams um, first to decide whether the vaccine is suitable or not for them. If an employee then refuses the vaccine based on their disability, employers would need be needs careful not to treat that employee less favourably than the rest of uh, the workforce, otherwise they run a risk of discrimination claim. The second element I touched on there was to not discriminate on the grounds of an employee's belief or religion. So what the government's advised the vaccine is suitable for people of all faiths, so hopefully that and the religious aspect should, should be okay. However, on the belief side of things, it's a little bit more difficult to analyse whether someone who holds a belief opposing the vaccine will benefit from the Protection and Equality Act. So to, to, to satisfy this, the tribunal held in, in Granger that 
of five criteria that they must satisfy for a belief to qualify under the Equality Act. It, the belief must be genuinely held. It must be a belief and not opinion or viewpoint based on the present state of information. It must be a belief as to a weighty and substantial aspect of human life. It must attain a level of cogency, seriousness, cohesion and importance. And the final and fifth criterion is that it must be worthy of respect in a democratic society, not incompatible with human dignity and not in conflict with the fundamental rights of others. Now, an individual who rejects the jab due to their belief would have to overcome these four tests and would crucially have to overcome criterion four, that it must attain a certain level of cogency, seriousness, cohesion and importance. Now, anti-vax beliefs based on conspiracy theories are unlikely to satisfy this test. However, it would be a, a difficult question and an interesting one for the Employment Tribunal to answer as to whether a cultural belief would meet the Granger criteria. Now, even if an act is discriminatory, it, it can be excused if it's a proportionate means of achieving a legitimate aim. However, with, with so many alternatives to protecting the workforce, uh, implementing mass policy, implementing regular testing, we think that it's, it's unlikely to be considered a proportionate me means of achieving a legitimate aim to have such a policy in, in, in place and, and to provide a defence for discrimination claim. So... As you can see from just just those two uh, sort of main risks, mandating vaccines, um, it's, it's not without its problems. But the question then is, how, how do employers navigate the, the issue of vaccines? Now, employers can strongly encourage uh, employees to get vaccinated. So under the Health and Safety at Work Act, it's an employer's duty to protect the health, safety and welfare of their employees. Now, this means that employers can strongly encourage uptake and indeed, Public Health England has actually released guidance for employers explaining the merits of having employees who are fully vaccinated and also how to actually go about encouraging employees to do so. Now, if you, if you bolstered that, um, that campaign of encouraging employees to uh, take a vaccine with a, uh, a voluntary uh, vaccination policy and couple that with regular testing and uh, maybe even uh, face coverings in certain aspects of the business, you can hopefully minimise the risk as much as legally possible of COVID spreading through the workforce. So just, just some concluding thoughts on, on this is that as employers are keen to move past the pandemic, obviously we can all understand that bringing employees back, it, it makes sense. It's an, that's the next natural step. But I just want to sound that, that the alarm bell of caution is that it'd be prudent to keep in mind that this is a new area of law. Key issues are yet to be tested. Uh, legally. And also on that, we're seeing increasing social polarisation on uh, pro-vaccines or anti-vax uh, approaches and could have a negative impact on the workforce um, or, or morale. So as, as mentioned before, if an employer is considering bringing in uh, a mandatory vaccination policy, it's advisable to analyse the similarities between the employer's work and care home work, because with that now being legally required in care homes to have a vaccine from the 11th of November, that high-risk nature is is a good litmus test to determine whether the employer should really consider it. It would be interesting in the coming weeks following the 11th of November to see just how that ends up working in care homes and if the the union's predictions of 70,000 having to go and seek alternative employments, if, if that is actually accurate. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it interesting. If there are any issues you'd like to discuss with us, our contact details are all on the website. So please do get in touch. I've uh, previously recorded a podcast on employee monitoring with Patrick Wheeler, who heads up the data protection and intellectual property teams at Collier Bristow. 
So if that's something you're interested in, please do give it a listen. Thank you and goodbye from me, Patrick Kilgallen. <laughs>